Hey everyone and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host Devin and this show is all about simplifying the complicated social security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Lynn in Minnesota who wants to know how a potential inheritance could affect her benefit payments. And Ann has a question about the family maximum benefit. And then Mike has a question on the timing of filing and receiving the first check. And we've got a lot of other great calls too, so let's get it started now. And up next, we have Lynn <coughs> in Minnesota. Hey, Lynn. Hi, Devin. Uh, thanks for taking the, uh, the call. I actually have a two-part question. Part one, I happened to notice this week that um, I made a substantially less amount of money in 2020 than I have in past years. And I just happened to notice that my, um, my benefit, my full retirement benefit dropped $78 or just over 4% between the November 2020 statement and and what it's showing right now today. Does one have something to do with the other? And if so, is that something that I can I can get dropped off? Or So, yes. What you've got to remember with your Social Security statement is that that is just an estimate of your benefit amount, okay? And when they prepare this estimate, they're making several assumptions. One of those assumptions is that if they are showing you a certain benefit at your full retirement age, they're going to assume that last year's earnings are going to remain constant all the way up until your full retirement age. So when you have a year where your earnings drop off, now they're assuming that those earnings are going to remain constant all the way until your full retirement age. So again, it's an estimate. It may or may not end up playing out just like that when you receive your actual benefit amount. Some of it depends on your historical earnings, but a $78 drop on a monthly basis is a, a sizable drop. So the did you have a, a really high income the year prior? Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been averaging probably you know, 60 to $80,000 a year. And last year, it was $3,000. And, and it, it dropped $78. And so I'm thinking, you know, I just thought, I was just was wondering if I could get that year kicked out because it really was not normal. Okay. It, was that accurate though, the 3000? Yeah. Okay. So what they're doing is they're just making the assumption that that's going to be your earnings from now till full retirement age. And if it, okay. if that is going to be your earnings, then I would say that your benefit, how old are you right now, Lynn? I'm 64 and a half and I don't plan on, and I, I am officially retired as of last month. Oh, well, good for you. Congratulations. I have not taken social security, but it, it's, it's never going to happen again. That's why I'm worried. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then I would, that year may not even be included in your final social security benefit because the way they calculate this is they take your highest 35 years of earnings after they've indexed those for inflation. So they apply these factors to it based on the year you turn 62 and they, they increase those for inflation to bring everything up to current dollars. And then once they do that, they take out your highest 35 years. But sometimes there's a disconnect between that high 35 uh, calculation 
and what the benefits mm-hmm. estimate is showing. They're, they're all keyed off of the same thing, but that benefits estimate is really heavily weighted towards what are your current earnings and will they continue to stay this way? So, you know, without knowing your high 35, it's difficult to say uh, that your benefit's going to go back up to where it was. But, you know, I would just, um, I wouldn't be too surprised if that $78 isn't incredibly accurate. Okay. All righty. Um, may I ask my second part? Absolutely. Okay. So um, really quickly, my husband, 60, fully retired, uh, fully employed, not retiring until probably 65 because of Medicare. Um, I am uh, retired now. I'm not taking Social Security now. Um, I stand to inherit a large amount of money that will generate more passive income in retirement for us, a, lar- a higher adjusted gross on our taxes uh, than what we have done together collectively working full time. Should I, what does that play on my decision to, for both of us to start taking social security earlier? I mean, should we be taking a lesser amount longer because of that? Because it's it's not going to be a substantial piece of my income or should I, I, my plan was just to wait until 70 because I didn't, I didn't need it. So for someone who just purely doesn't need the income, uh, it, it can make sense to delay filing. No question about it. Because if you just think about what you're getting here, right? You're getting uh, between now and then, you're probably going to get somewhere. What What was your year of birth? 57. Okay. Uh, April so, of 57. All right. So then you're going to have three and a half years for your full retirement age benefit to grow at two thirds of 1% per month that you delay. Now, I, I can't tell you for a fact that you can get that kind of return anywhere else. So if you look at it purely from that perspective, that it's a really good deal, then making the sense to delay, I think makes a lot of sense, especially if it's going to be a fairly insignificant portion of your overall retirement uh, income. But if you want to make sure, if if you know some of the details about how much you're going to be receiving in this inheritance, then what you're going to need to do is to get you a plan. And that plan is going to put it in black and white about what's the best age to file considering this inheritance and considering the relative importance of that income coming from Social Security. Uh, the easy way to do that is just Again, you can go to my website, Social Security Intelligence, and right up at the top, there's a bar there that says schedule a consultation, and uh, that'll bring you into my team, and you'll get routed to to either myself, Alec, or one of my other team members, and they'll tell you what the next steps are in creating that plan. But for you, I think it's pretty critical that you get that done. Okay. Um, Thank you. Appreciate it. You are welcome, Lynn. Thanks for calling. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSA. RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security Advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. 
And now let's go to Mike in Utah. Hey, Mike. Hi. Uh, I'm uh, going to retire at 70, which is next February. And I'm going to I'm gonna put my application in in November. And uh, I'm wondering if I get my first check in February or March. That's my first question. Gotcha. So when are you going to retire? And then my second, uh, February. So you're gonna I'm going to retire in February when I turn 70. Okay. Yep. yep. Gotcha. But I'm gonna, I put my application in early. Okay. All right. So let me answer that real quick. Uh, you know, benefit payments are paid one month in arrears. And so if you want to receive that payment for the month you turn 70, then your benefit's going to become effective in February, paid in March. Okay. That's all I need to know. And then uh, also, uh, does that include the cost of living raise? It absolutely will. Or not? Yeah. Yep. It absolutely okay. will. Yep. So everybody at 62. And beyond, if you're 62 and beyond, that cost of living adjustment's going to increase your primary insurance amount, which is effectively the same as your full retirement age benefit. And then from that point, they'll add the delayed retirement credits for filing later, which will be your case, or the reductions for filing early. Okay. So I'll get it in March and they will will include the cost of living. It absolutely will. Okay. Thank you. You are welcome, Mike. appreciate that. Have a great day. You too. And up next, we have Patricia in California. Hey, Patricia. Hi, Devin. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been following you on the YouTube. Um, I'll try to keep this brief. My husband is 62 next month. He collects uh, disability. He was early retired due to his disability in 2015. So he's collecting both his pension and his Social Security. I'm 59. I retired early in May of 2017. I walked away from my career to caregive for my mother. And um, so I'm not working. I'm not collecting an income other than um, earnings from my Roth IRA. And um, so there you are. I just am not sure if I should delay um, filing and then, meanwhile, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and they're treating me with chemo for this condition, along with some steroids. So I'm not sure if that plays into anything. Um, but basically, we're wanting to know um, we've done everything right. Um, we're debt-free, basically. Gotcha. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're debt-free. You know, there's a lot of people who don't go into retirement debt-free. And so for those who can, that's a really good deal. So congratulations on that. We started very young. Yeah. Thank you. Well, good. Okay. So your, your husband is 62. He's on social security disability. And, and how old are you? Yes, sir. Patricia? I'm 59. Okay. 59. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, you're wondering if you should delay your social security once you turn 62. That's correct. Um, I retired at 55, and I'm not intending on returning to work. Uh, we're intending on traveling. And so um, mother uh, recently passed away after several years of caregiving. Even prior to my retirement, I was trying to caregive and do both. So I just walked away from my career to do that, and we just decided to keep moving. You know, uh, a lot can change in three years. For, for us to give you advice right now, on how things may change 
in three years is is going to be difficult, especially when you're dealing with a, a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. You may get to the point where you say it's a quality of life thing and I want to file. If you were 62 today, though, what I would be telling you is that let's examine some other factors here. You know, so let's look at, you know, how do your other assets and income look? So do you have other other assets and income sources? Um, I recently received an inheritance, which is um, in the bank. I'm, I'm planning on um, investing a little bit of that, but uh, pretty much keeping that as a safety net for us. Yeah. And um, other than that, just the Roth IRA, a very nominal amount of money. It's a very small Roth. So then what I, what I generally tell people then is that if it comes down to the point where you need the income, all the other strategy just goes out the window. Uh, if, if it's between you being, I know you don't have uh, any debt, and so you've managed that very well. But if it comes down to the point where you're saying, okay, we want to travel, but we can't because I'm delaying my social security and I don't have any other money that we can spend to travel. You know, I would probably tend to say you you may want to just go ahead and file, but it's really difficult to give that advice without knowing some of the details of your, the, the, the rest of your life. Um, Um, We're actually financially set. When you file at 62. Um. Well, I worked uh, starting part-time at age 14. I was just a very um, um, early start. And um, so I've worked for up until 55 from age 14, basically full-time at um, at adult ages. Gotcha. Do you know about what your benefit amount is going to be? Um, I'm going to guess about 2000 probably over 2000 Okay, and is that at your I don't have an I don't have a true estimate. Um, no, I think it might be higher at full retirement. Okay, I I haven't really used the calculator to be honest with you. Perfect. Okay, you know I would say um, right now, three years out, I, I just can't give you any solid direction one way or the other. For the next three years, I would just monitor your health. You'll probably be able to have the rheumatoid arthritis under control where it's not going to debilitate you. But, you know, I would say that some of it's going to depend on how that goes. Uh, it's, it's difficult to know uh, today. Right. And if it's at the point where, you know, it, it's starting to progress, then, uh, you know, filing may make sense. So you can enjoy some of the some of the fruits of your labor that you paid into the system for. Yes, sir. We're thinking of uh, starting the travels now, just not going too far until that we figure that out. Yeah. Um, so perfect. I really appreciate your good advice, sir. And I'm listening to a lot of others that are helping me as well. So perfect. thank you so much for what you're doing out there. It's a good service to everyone. Thank you so much. All right, Patricia. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Have a good evening. And let's go oh, to Anne in California. Happened? Hey, Anne. Oh, goody. Thanks. Um, Good to talk to you. I wanted to ask you, I'm recently widowed in 2020. Um, uh, my husband was 57 when he died. He was a high-wage earner. And we have two minor children. Uh, one's 15 and a half, and the other one is 12. So they each get 2100 a month for Social Security, which is great, thank God, because private Christian school in California is 33000 a year. So that's what's happening. So my question, though, for you is when I read the Social Security book, it said, if you, uh, a circumstance is, if you are widowed uh, and you have minor children, you can take Social Security of the spouse. 
that was one caveat that you can. Now, I'm in the medical field. I'm a nurse. COVID was a mess. I'd love to quit, but I'm going to wait uh, until I'm 59 and a half, which is 18 months. But when I asked Social Security about that, they said they would split that 4200 between the three of us. Is that true? All right. So you're you're currently 58, and it sounds yeah. like the... This month. And, mm-hmm. Okay. How much is being paid in a benefit currently? Uh, the kids each are getting 4200 a month. I mean, 2100 a month. Okay. So uh, what you're dealing with here, Anne, is the family benefit maximum. And this is oh, a rule okay. that says that up to a certain amount is the most that can be paid out in benefits on a one person's earning record. So for example, Okay. It sounds like the family benefit maximum on your deceased spouse's benefit was $4,200. Now, right now, there's only two beneficiaries to split that amount. And so they're each receiving a large payment. Uh, But that's going to change when you come into the picture because you're going to be receiving this child in care benefit. And so that same $4,200 can only go so far. And so, yes, they will likely split that. Now, the way that the split should work, though, is you should receive, as a child in care, you should receive uh, 100%, and they would be entitled to 75%, but that's all going to get reduced down because you are sharing it. So I think. I would absolutely expect that to be the case, that when you come in with childhood care, it is all going to get split. Okay, so I'm not going to do it then. But um, what the other uh, streams of income will be affected, for instance, he has a pension that I'm able to take. It's greatly reduced from what he would have gotten, but it's a lot of money if I wait. Seven years is the max I can wait. I think I'm going to wait three and a half into it because these kids really need me. They're in junior high and high school. So I'm, I was listening to another question about tax implications, and we are a heavily taxed state. So I'm thinking of taking his pension when I move to Texas because this way uh, they have no state tax. I think that will help. But the the one daughter will still be a minor. My son will be off to college and uh, over 18. So I'm wondering if at that point when I take it, is that still the case that I'd be getting a reduced amount because I'm under 65, uh, but sharing it with the daughter? Same scenario, even though it's a different state. Okay. So there will be a couple of things going on here. The child in care benefit is going to drop off when those children turn 16. Oh, 16. That's the oh, amount okay. that's paid to you for taking care of the children. The actual children. Yeah, I'm not benefit, getting anything. Right. But if you were to uh-huh. start getting a benefit, it would stop when they turn 16. Now, yeah. okay. The actual the benefit payable to the children stops when they are 18 or 19 if they're still in high school. Yeah. So, right. yeah, I'm just looking at their ages. You've still got uh, about three years left, maybe maybe up to four, depending on how uh, yeah. the, the date of birth of the 12-year-old and then your 15-year-old, your but they will still be able to collect a benefit. And at that point, uh, you know, you'll be collecting your own benefit. It will have yeah, converted. Yeah, I could. Yeah. And so, at, you know. At, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, at that point, it's not going to be. Uh, you know, split the way it is. Let me go back to that split for a minute, if I could, Anne. Uh, I want to make sure I understand this. Yeah. So it, it's $4,200. Now, the, the split part is correct, but was your spouse on disability before he passed away? 
No, he he was not. Like I'll tell that's a caveated question. He was 100% disabled from the military for PTSD. However, he was still working uh, at the time of death. He was separated from his job. But the last five years, he said they take 35 years. He only worked 20. He was making 250000 a year. So, you know, that's what I guess they based it on. That's okay. got to be what it was and not disabled. No. Okay. Um, get- I died at 57. I'm going to get an appointment with you guys too because I really need, I got a lot of questions. Okay. So earlier when I, when I told you that as a, a child and care benefit, you'd receive a hundred percent. It's, it's actually 75%. Uh, now that I'm thinking oh. through this, it's 75% of the deceased person's full retirement age benefit. And the same applies to the children. So if you take 75, you've got three people receiving that benefit, then you're looking at uh, 225%. And the most that can be paid out of one benefit is in a range between 150 and 188%. Most people fall somewhere at about 175%. Unless mm-hmm. the deceased person was on disability, at which point that limit is just a straight 150%. So right. while I think it would mostly be split, and it, and it would be, uh, it would certainly be split between the three of you, I'm not too sure there wouldn't be some sort of increase because the most that can be paid to the kids is 75%. And if you have two of those, that's only 150%. I would suspect there's a little bit more than that that can be paid out there. So uh, if they're both receiving $2,100, then, you know, it's 4,200 total, you know, again, hard to know for sure, but, but I think there's going to be a little bit more left over that, uh, that you would be able to receive. That's good to know because I, I just want to know what all the options are. I'm using it all for them and then putting them through private Christian school because it's pretty crazy out here. Oh, okay. And um, then I want to move to another conservative state. It's wild. Come so to the Texas, deal is, are you? I will make an appointment. I want to go to Texas. I, I want to get out of here. This is not the place I want to keep going. <laughs> but it's been beautiful. It's been great. But there's a lot of politics going on that I'd like to get away from. So what I was going to say is I'll make an appointment and ask the other questions that I have as well because um, there's compli- you know, it's complicated. There's his sure. pension. I have other streams of income or 401ks that are invested and how I'm going to be able to access that in taxation. Yep. So I want to find out before I make any moves. We'll be happy you know. to help you. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. For your You're time. welcome. Have a great day. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.